You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 167. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 167. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. All right. Hey, beautiful. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to see you, too. Yeah. Get some time to hang out with the audience. Yeah, and hanging out with you, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh, you're so sweet. So, hello and welcome, everybody. We've got a really great show in line for you today, and we're going to talk about the poison of perfectionism. Oh. Which I don't know anything about. I know nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, I've been struggling with your perfectionism since 1997. Like, you're actually a... <laughs> perfect perfectionist if that makes sense and then we're going to talk about what to actually do about it and this is something that i see really prevalent from pretty much my entire audience and community and clients and students and it's something that i think we really need to dismantle and get some you know what i love actionable practical steps to create some shift and change in this arena so we're going to have Perfect. a good time. But I do think that I might hear a little... Did you... I think I heard it, too. It was it? faint in the background, but now it's getting louder. Oh, oh. oh, there it is. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. That's right, people. We have a free shit alert. Free shit alert. So I'm really pumped about this. This is one of my absolute favorite workshops to do, and... If you've ever come to any of my online workshops that I do, which are completely free, obviously, because we have a free shit alert. Obvi. Obvi. Got to listen to the jingle, people. (laughs) If you've ever come to one of them, you'll know, you know that I really don't, don't fuck around. Like we dig deep. I give you a full workbook that uh, you can either print out and keep and go back. I always encourage people to go back and rework and you'll have tons of homework Um, or you can actually fill it out online because I'm tech savvy like that. Yes, you are. <laughs> but Hashtag it, legit. What's so cool, like the last time the last time I did an online workshop, it was so awesome to see people from, I think we had Switzerland and Australia and London and crazy? all over the U.S. Shout out. And what's so incredible is that everybody is in the same fucking boat. Yeah. Everyone is having that hard time speaking up for themselves or addressing fear or feeling like enough or dealing with perfectionism, like what we're talking about today. So if you want in on this completely free workshop, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register, and you'll see that there's a couple of different date and time options that you can choose. And uh, it's very interactive, so you want to pick a time that is it, that will enable you to have devoted time to be in front of your computer and be with all of us. There's a lot of communication and interaction. And That's so cool. You'll get tons of homework and all of that. So we're going to be covering 
how to deal with this whole like enoughness concept, how to feel worthy. We're going to talk about how to stop your inner shit talker dead in her tracks or his tracks. We're going to talk about how to stop sabotaging yourself with the need to be perfect. So if the stuff that we talk about today really hits home, please, please, please get your ass to class because... (laughs) We're, what I'm covering today is not what we're covering in the workshop. So right. it's not just redundant and it'll be different tools and strategies. And we're also going to talk about how to craft mantras, personal kind of empowerment statements that don't feel like a big bullshit lie. Awesome. You know how that is? It's like, just think positive. And it's like, yeah, fuck you. If I could do that, I would, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> just relax. Yeah. Oh, that's my, that is my kryptonite right that's there. That's a big one too for massage therapists. Bro. Just relax this. I'm like, I am. I, that's why I'm here, dude. Even if you're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly what I So the whole workshop is all about silencing your inner shit talker. So we'll talk about that a little bit today about how our inner conversation, our inner narrative tells us that we need to be perfect, tells us that we need to do things flawlessly or things have to look a specific way or what I like to call rules and, uh, and really kind of change that inner conversation. So four ways to easily silence that inner shit talker you know i love tips and tools so if you're in come join us we usually have a ton of people people make friends they've developed support groups before like it's so fun that's cool thejoyjunkie.com slash register register and it's fucking free so you have nothing to lose yeah and potentially everything to gain and maybe new friends and learn new stuff so and it's all free what was that did we mention that what the fuck I think at the very beginning, we said something in a jingle about it. Something in a yeah. really high-tech jingle. High-tech jingle that said something about free. Something about yeah. it. I hope they got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to hear a little bit from you, Mr. Smith. Oh, my segment. It's time. It's time All for... Right. Would you rather... Oh, my God. I almost just sang that. You did? Yeah. Would you rather? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so today's is to. pretty serious. Uh-oh. Yeah. Would you rather dip your finger in acid for five seconds? Yikes. Or. This segment is taking a turn yeah, for the worst. Wait. Oh. <laughs> or get your big toe bitten by a camel. Pregnant pause. Um, that's what we call dead air. That's a rough one. In the podcast community. (laughs) (laughs) Dead air. That's not dead air. There was a lot going on in that silence. Oh my gosh. Uh, the the tension was palpable. The tension was palpable. Oh man. As they stared into each other's eyes in silence. The, okay. So the, the acid just like straight up fucking just takes it right off. Yeah. Does the camel bite it, it off completely? Yeah, it'll bite it off completely. So you either lose a finger or a toe. It's just the mechanism of losing it. <clears throat> it's a tough one. Jesus. Um, your big toe, too. God, I don't even... I mean, and your big toe is, like, key for balance, isn't it? It's pretty important, yeah. Isn't it, like, really part of, like, the tripod of your foot? To pretty keep... important, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, okay, so then I think, God, they're so bad. 
it's so weird how I get so emotionally invested in this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what can like, I choose? I, I could just give an answer and say I'm done, right? Right, right. But yeah. I take it so seriously. <laughs> well, so here's where my head goes. I think, okay, could I actually maintain for five seconds? I don't even know if I could do that. Like, really? You would be, you would be forced in. Like, oh, your, okay, your so hand would be held it. there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay. Because there's no way you would hold it in there for five seconds. No, you would. I mean, that would be a lifetime. But then I think if it's a camel, it might not be as clean of a of a snap off (laughs) as a break. Um, Yeah, they're pretty. But then does it start to eat away more and more? more? I don't know. Fuck, I'll take the camel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Fuck, I'll take the camel. That was great. What would you? I would do the camel. You would too? Mm. Do you have a rationale or reason? No, I just, uh, I, I guess acid just scares me a lot more than just, you know, if you get your toe bitten off, you get your toe, that's a pretty fucking kick-ass story. But just dipping your finger in acid, oh, how'd you lose that? Acid? But if you say, I lost my toe because a fucking camel bit it off, like, people are like, what? So you would that's do crazy. it for the story alone? Yeah, just for the story. Oh, my gosh. Just for the war story. And I thought I was the one who loved attention. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So on that note, let's talk about this poison of perfectionism and what we can actually do about it. So there's a couple of things that I really want to address that relate to the problems with perfectionism. Because we we really haphazardly and easily throw around the term like I'm a perfectionist, I'm a perfectionist, right? And, yeah. And we we identify ourselves that way almost like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And we do it, I think, to indicate how precise we are, or how strong our work ethic is, or how much we care about execution of a project. Right. So we do it to kind of showcase our excellence right Right. but there's a huge problem with that because the essence of perfection right like if we think about that is without error there's zero error for something to be perfect there is not any room for improvement period right that's perfect and that's virtually impossible Virtually. So and almost literally. With and almost literally. The the way that we strive for perfection. So it's different if it's something like uh you know, I'm not talking about things that are quantifiable where you can measure exactly one inch, you know, when you're painting something. I'm not talking about perfectionism like that. I'm talking about when it cannot be measured, when there really is no way for you to be perfect, like being the perfect wife, let's say, being the perfect weight, mm-hmm. perfect body, um, being the perfect parent. Like, when the fuck are you going to arrive? Yeah, you don't. Right. So there is a cost to that. There's a side effect to that. So there's a couple of things that that kind of striving for this elusive thing that we actually cannot attain. Like, it isn't possible. Yeah. Because there is no perfect wife. There is no perfect body. There is no perfect. It's just what we make up to mean perfect. Yeah. 
and then we change the parameters. Like we get that quote perfect body and it's not good enough. Because right? it's not as perfect as we want it to be. Right. And then we create a new definition of perfection and we strive for that. So hmm. there's a cost to that. So one of the major costs of the pursuit of perfection is that it locks you into inaction. So some of the ways in which it keeps you stagnant and complacent is because you are <coughs> perpetually waiting for something to be perfect before you get into action around it. Oh, yeah. So it's – and sometimes I see this with people in dating situations where they – nothing's good enough, you know, and they're looking for the perfect spouse. So they just, they won't work with anything and they just right. keep sabotaging themselves over and over again. And usually that's a defense mechanism, like really searching sure. for perfection in somebody else is usually a really great reason for you to not be vulnerable. Sounds Hello like, out uh, there, I see you. Sounds like uh, it's also veiled in procrastination. Absolutely. So another great example of that are, you know, I see this a lot in my personal community with my colleagues is not launching something or not starting your business or not, you know, having a new class or program because it's not perfect yet. And right. so then you kind of spin your wheels in constant preparation mode. Mm -hmm. Some people do this with, with work and jobs. Uh, Some they, people do that with education. Right. Let me but just take class after class right. after class after class. Because I'm not ready prepare, yet. Prepare. It's not, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be the best employee I can be or whatever. Yep. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm not going to, let me try to think, like go, I can't possibly uh, run that marathon because I'm not in perfect shape yet. Right. You know, people even do that. Like, I'm not even going to go to the gym because I'm, I don't look good yet. In, 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 what? I know. And it's like, well, how the fuck you think you're going to get there? You right. know what I mean? But we base these ideas of what we're allowed to do on these really ridiculous rules that we create around what something has to look like. Like, oh, all of these things have to look perfect, whatever the fuck that means, before I actually go put in resumes somewhere or before I actually decide to have a baby, I need to be have a perfect body first, you know? And so then it puts a lot of shit on hold. Yeah. It locks you into procrastination and inaction. So some of these will really apply to you and some of them won't. So I want you to really notice where are your sticking points where perfectionism influences you in a negative way where it's actually arresting your happiness okay okay the other thing about perfectionism is it never feels good like i honestly do not know anyone who is like i'm a perfectionist and they're fucking happy you know it's confident. interesting because it's kind of this dichotomous thing when you hear someone say that they're saying it like well i'm a perfectionist you know, but it's like, like you said, a badge of honor, but also a burden. Like right. it's both at it the is. same time. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's like, you know, we show our highlight reel to everybody else, right? People don't see our behind the scenes. So right. we will, I call it branding. We actually do a whole concept around this in my Deep Down and Dirty program that I run and we talk about how we identify ourselves and kind of like the personal brand we stamp on ourselves and if that is empowering or disempowering. Mm. And a lot of people stamp themselves as a perfectionist 
and it's of their own doing and it doesn't leave them feeling empowered. It's more of a chain. Right. You know, and it, it comes with a cost. Sure, you have the best baked cupcakes. Sure, you execute the most amazing uh, reports to turn in at work. But at what cost? Probably staying up all night. Probably not having time with your children. Your health is probably, you know, whatever it is, there is a cost mm -hmm. to putting so much effort into how something needs to be accomplished or achieved. Yeah. Period. Yep. You're absolutely right. So... I think that there is definitely something happen happening where, and I can under I can definitely relate to this because this is my situation, where you really appreciate excellence, you appreciate accuracy and precision, you like when things are not done half-assed. Yeah, and that's me. You for can sure. totally appreciate that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and this is another thing that I work with with clients and students <coughs> on is this idea of the things that contribute to your happiness and then when they cross the line into no longer contributing to your happiness. So, for example... It's like a drug. Right, right. <laughs> so there's things like really loving when things are accurate or precise, really liking when things are done excellent, and it really brings you a lot of fulfillment. You know, you, you accomplish a project and you're like, fuck yeah, that was buttoned up and that was amazing. I'm really proud of myself. And then there's another flip side when it starts to be in control of you where you can never celebrate your accomplishments because it just wasn't good enough. You right. can't celebrate what you achieved or you can't calm the fuck down. You can't think about anything else because you are so obsessed with this report that you need to do where it is now in control of you. That precision is not catering to your fulfillment. It's not making you happy happier yeah it's costing you something it's making you feel more despondent and unhappy got it got it yeah so i'm not so going to go into all of that but another kind of major issue with perfectionism is if you're always striving for perfect 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 then you don't really get to fail epically you don't create the permission to fail and what i mean by that is allowing those times in which you don't land in that perfect box, whatever you've made that up to be, as a lesson, as a growing point. You make it up only to mean you're not valuable. You're not good enough. Gotcha. It always becomes this not enoughness instead of, you know what? I put my best foot forward and here's what I'll do differently next time or here's what I would like to improve on but I really want to celebrate or here's the place that I really fell short and I might be really bummed out. But it doesn't have to equate your fucking value, your right. worthiness. How much of a f fear of success is involved with a perfectionist mentality? Like a fear of success versus fear of failure? Right. Like, obviously, there's a fear of failure. That's mm -hmm. why you want to be a perfectionist. But what about the on the other side of that coin where you're afraid to succeed so everything has to be perfect all the time? Um, I don't know if I really see that very often, okay. to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that is really something that people have a huge tie or a collapse between perfectionistic behavior and success or failure. Okay. I do think that there's a lot of shit wrapped up in money. Like money stories. Okay. Money stories and also family stories about 
what success means. Like if I'm hugely successful, then I will not have time for my family. Uh Or if I have a ton of money and I'm successful, then I'm going to be miserly. And, you know, but that's just belief systems. That's stuff that we have created in our own minds. So what do we, what do we do about this? Yeah. You know, like, so if you're out there thinking like, oh my God, yeah, I do create a bunch of rules for myself. And again, if you're interested in this topic even further, that's, this is one of the major pieces we're going to address in the workshop. So again, if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and join us for that, you're going to get, you know, a whole bunch more tools to address this. And we talk about rules a little bit more in depth, like kind of what we tell ourselves is permissible and what's not permissible. Those yeah. are our personal rules. Like, for instance, I used to have a rule around can't go out of the house without makeup. Like, nobody made up that rule. I just made up that rule that I had to <laughs> yeah. be perfect that way. Right. Right? Like, and then I'm the one who gets frustrated if I don't have enough time to get ready and did it. You know, it's like I'm creating my own suffering mm-hmm. through the rules that I determine. Okay, so what what can we actually do about it? Well, the first thing is you have got to stop calling yourself a perfectionist. Right. Period. So it's, uh, and this is actually something I dig really deeply into in my, again, my deep down and dirty program um, that will actually be opening up for registration in the fall, uh, actually in September at some point. But one of the things that we go through is this idea of, like I said earlier, how we brand ourselves, but it's a huge piece of our identity. So we we look at this this idea of identity and semantics. Like what are the actual words that we use okay. and how does that influence how we feel about ourselves? So if you are constantly saying, I am a perfectionist, that will continue to fuel everything that you associate with being a perfectionist. Yeah, it's profuse, isn't it? And so it's like when people say, um, you know, I'm just really, I'm just really jealous. It's like, well, congratulations, you're going to always be jealous. Right. You know, or I'm just really uptight or I'm an overachiever or I'm like, okay, great. You, whatever you brand yourself as, that's what you're in for. Yeah. So one of the things that I tell my students all the time is I get it that you're not out of the woods yet but say something like i'm a recovering people pleaser (laughs) or i'm letting go of perfectionism or i'm a recovering perfectionist something believable yeah but something that addresses it but stop fucking identifying as that you know and even changing those words up a little bit you know like one of my absolute favorite things to do around this is to say i can strive for excellence not perfection Strive for excellence, not perfection. Because excellence allows me to honor those things that I really care about. Like accuracy, precision, a job well done, work ethic. Yeah, I really do value those things. But it gives me that room to be a fucking human. And that sometimes it's not about staying up till all hours of the night. Or it's not about <laughs> polishing something perfectly till it's, you know. Sometimes it's like, you know what, that's excellent. It's excellent. And that's all I need. So I, what would you call that? An excellentist? Excellentist? Um, I don't know. We have to come up with a name for it. You know An that, excel-ist? right? Excelist. Excelist. Ooh. That's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> so I'm an excelist. So. So. <laughs> so it's a new identifier. <laughs> I don't know. 
But uh, so the first thing is you've got to stop calling yourself that. So come up with a new name. Come with with something that is, or you know, it just says like I'm recovering from it, right. or I'm in remission. Sometimes I've said that <laughs> I'm a perfect a people pleaser in remission. That's great. Uh, so again, huge. That's a huge piece. Now let's talk about these rules. This is a second thing that you can do about it. And again, we're going to get more in depth at the workshop, but. I want you to start looking for the rules that you have inflicted on yourself about being perfect. And they're usually are going to manifest in two ways. Your thinking, what you tell, you know, kind of what you tell yourself about what you have to do, okay. right? Like I like for example, <coughs> my my example of not leaving the house, right? So I would have, leaving the house without makeup, my, in my head, I would say, oh, you can't leave the house without makeup. So I might notice, which is not the case at all, by the way, anymore, right. at all. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> that is a piece of, oh my gosh, I just, I just did it. I just did. It. I just caught myself saying, there's no way I could go pick up my kid looking like this. That's your own rule, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, or no one could come over unless my house looks flawless. That's a rule. That's a rule. And so notice your thought pattern and your, your self-talk. And then also look at your behavior. Because a lot of times our behavior will be indicative of a rule. Hmm. Uh, I see this a lot of times with, with people pleasing because we think we have to be the perfect wife or we have to be the perfect employee or we have to be the perfect daughter-in-law or brother or whatever. And so we people please, people please, people please. And so our behavior is something that's kind of ingrained. It's something that we don't even think about because we're just used to always saying yes or we're used to always like doing whatever we need to do to make everybody happy. So these are the two places in your thought patterns and in your behavior. I want you to start nitpicking them for self-inflicted rules. Do I make up that I have to make my boss happy or else I suck as an employee? Yeah. Or I have to make my mother-in-law happy or I'm a horrible you know, wife to mm-hmm, her son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are those self-inflicted rules that create that behavior? And what are the thought processes that follow along with that as well? Got so it. that's where you can start unpacking what are these rules that I've created, that I've made up. The third thing is to ask yourself, what am I making up it will mean if it's not perfect? So once you've started to identify some of these rules, some of these ways that you've said, I have to be perfect in this place or that place, and usually we have we have a couple of trigger areas that get a lot of our attention. Like we're batshit crazy about having the perfect body or batshit crazy about being being the perfect entrepreneur or whatever. You sure. usually have a really potent area of your life. Something, that, yeah. You know what out. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once you've kind of dismantled that through analyzing the rules you've made up in your thoughts and your behaviors, I want you to ask yourself, well, what do I make up it will mean if I'm not the perfect daughter-in-law? If I don't launch this new business perfectly, if my kids don't have 
the perfect Halloween costume. <laughs> you know, all these little, this is what I'm talking about, these dumb little rules. Or what will it mean about you if your house doesn't look flawless and people come over? Right. Yeah. What does that mean? Because it's not just people will see crumbs. It's what you, <laughs> it's not just that. Or people won't like the costume. It's what that means about who you are. You make it a much bigger fucking deal. It's not just about people are going to see crumbs. It's what they are going to think about you. Right. Right. So what is that? What, what are those fears? Uh, the fourth thing is to focus on the big picture instead of the minutia. So a lot of perfectionism is very acute. It is this particular project. It is going out of the house without makeup on right now. It is my children's Halloween costume for tonight or whatever. It's this specific work project. So we get really, really laser micro-focused. So all of you guys out there, perfectionists, are going like, holy shit, I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> it's, you know, it's when you used to tell me when I would be working in the middle of the night, like, babe, I think you're making a poor choice right now. Because yeah. I would just be like, laser beam, like just so focused on what I was doing in these tiny little minute details that I didn't see the grand scheme of Amy's life. Yeah, So if true. you back up and look at the meta view instead of this micro view of this little task that has to be flawless. Stand back a little bit. Look at that meta view and look at, this is what I always ask myself, in the grand scheme of Amy Smith's life, how much attention do I want to give this? Hmm. Because there's a cost. A lot of times when your focus is that acute, you are ignoring other things in your life. You're ignoring your health. You're ignoring your business. You're ignoring your children. You're ignoring your relationship. You're ignoring... There's something else that's not getting your energy if it is so sharply and so acutely focused on this one thing that needs to be perfect. That's true, yeah. So that's a place for you to look is, it, you know, in those moments, try to kind of snap yourself out and look at, and I do this all the time, especially with web development stuff, because I nerd out. And that's where I lose a shit ton of time, trying to make yeah. every little nuanced thing perfect that ultimately doesn't matter. It does not affect how you guys like me <laughs> or enjoy the pod. It does not affect my business at all. It is a self-inflicted rule. Yeah that I choose to put energy in. And if I put energy into that, it's not able to go into working out, going on a date with you, talking to a friend, you know? So I'm not saying don't strive for excellence and I'm not saying don't have times when you really do, you know, you stay up late making that damn Halloween costume or you stay up late working on that. Yeah, project. you have those moments. It happens. Sure. I'm just talking about shining the light on when it really doesn't matter. When you are really costing yourself happiness yeah. through this like attention to detail that really doesn't matter. That's so true. Wow. And then finally, um, I would say adopt that, that mantra that, that we talked about earlier. Striving for excellence, not perfection. Or even just saying, I strive for excellence. 
Yep. But it's changing even the semantics or the mnemonics around it that we're not just identifying as perfect because remember, guys, it doesn't exist. Well, <coughs> excuse me, something you said struck me, and that is that, you know, if you're laser focused on one thing being perfect, you, you lose, you know, focus on a lot of other parts of your life. Right. And that's where happiness lies. Mm-hmm. is in the fulfillment of many different areas of your life. Right. Not just in one. So if you get so focused on one piece of the pie, then the rest of the pie spoils. Right. Right? So we've got to make sure that we're just biting out of each of those pies, and you can create excellence through that. Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely. Well, I think, too, that we are, you know, we're feeling beings, right? We're emotional beings and we are driven by pursuit of pleasure or avoidance of pain, right? So we are always looking to feel good. That is what we are always striving. Every action that we take is designed because or is taken because we think that it will give us a feeling we desire. So when you're digging into that project and not even coming up for air or you're sewing your damn kids Halloween costume or you're working out and training for this marathon like crazy and you haven't gone on a date with your your spouse in months when you're so so focused it's because we think that attainment of whatever that is will give us a feeling that we desire like oh if I achieve that promotion, if my presentation is flawless, if my children look perfect, if all of these things line up, then I will feel happy. We don't dissect it like that in our heads, Yeah. but that's that's what we're doing. So there's no problem in that, but what I want you to see is it's a false pursuit because that thing is not what is going to give you happiness. What comes what what happiness comes from is internal, not checking off a bunch of fucking boxes mm-hmm. and hoping that people like you <laughs> and enjoy you know you as a daughter in law. I mean, all of that stuff is awesome, but it has nothing to do with your self worth or your value as a human. Right. So you know, again, we'll talk about this a lot more on the workshop as well. So I I really do hope you join us. But we're going to talk about how we chase worthiness in all of these things outside of ourselves. You know, and we think, well, as long as I'm liked, as long as I achieve this thing and I, you know, have this many degrees or write this many books, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be valuable. Then I'll be worthy. Then I'll be lovable. Fill in the blank. Yeah. But what that all is, is a pursuit of an emotion. We just want to feel good. That's it. But you do feel good when you get promotions or finish the marathon or those things. Right. No, totally. And that's why I was saying it's that balance of where does these do these things like accuracy, precision, excellence, work ethic, uh, diligence, where do those things contribute to my happiness? I see. And where do they cross the line where now they are in control of me? Got it. Like where there's no way for me to possibly love myself or be happy unless I take first at that marathon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very different than saying I'm so proud of my efforts and what I've accomplished. True. That's very true. So that is a dance and that is still something that I work on. You know, it's it's something like, um, 
you know, for instance, I've said, you know, I, I really, really love crossing things off a list. I love order and organization. I like when my bed is made. I like when everything's color-coded in my calendar. I like yeah. order and organization. So when I cross things off of my calendar or off my to-do list, I get this like kind of euphoric burst where I'm like, oh, that feels good. Yes. Heck yes. Right? Right. Now, it's very different where... If I, like for instance, can't have somebody over because I'm way too freaked out about how my house looks. You know, that's where order and organization is now costing me hanging out with people I love. Yeah. Because I'm so afraid of what that says about me. So that's where I work on things is noticing when it controls you and it's, you know, taking away your joy and when it actually contributes to your joy. Hmm. And a lot of that's tapping into your emotion. Sure. You know, and again, we we, getting internal for sure. We'll talk more about that stuff on the workshop. So if you if you dig these concepts and you want to shift even more and hang out with some like minded people, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and come hang out in the workshop. It should be really fun. That sounds like a blast. Uh, But right now I got to get my ass to rehearsal. That's right. You're going to get yourself some act on. Yeah, my thespian tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so I got some shit to do, but hopefully this was really helpful for for all of you perfectionists out there. And anything else? Recovering. Recovering, that's right. That's right. Nice catch, Smith. <laughs> nice catch. Uh, anything that you wanted to add or anything? That's else? what I wanted to add right there. Sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, guys, so we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.